Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Lethal Podcast. On deck today, we have Corey Haas. Corey is a buddy of ours we've known for a while who developed an incredible application for iOS and Android devices called the Bowshot Bible. Now, don't be fooled. This application is for way more than just guys who work at a shop. If you want to get serious about your bow tuning at all, you have to give this application a look. It offers more bow tuning insight than any website or application or YouTube channel than I've ever seen. It's truly a work of art, and we're very excited to have Corey on uh, to talk about it. Uh, Remember, this podcast is fueled by Hunter's Blend Coffee. Go get you some delicious coffee and keep yourself going during this COVID-19 quarantine and give back to the land while you're doing it. Use code ABF at checkout to donate 10% of your purchase to the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation. We don't make any money off of that, but we do love it when we can donate to the ABF in any way that we can. Uh, as always, if you like the content, check us out on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram. I got our Instagram all caught up. Ha-ha! Uh, so uh, go check us out there. Uh, we're really excited to continue to give you guys some content. Uh, hopefully, website should be back up pretty soon. Or, I mean, it is still up, but still working on some stuff, so bear with me. But uh, yeah, you'll just have to deal with that. So without further ado, here's Corey Haas with the Bowshot Bible. Enjoy. Go, go! How long have we known each other, Corey? How long have you been part of our little clique, I guess? A couple years? Uh, yeah, it's been a couple years uh, with the High Momentum page. Uh, Eric Newman and uh, Philip LeCavier, whatever he is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, Phil. From, yeah. yeah, Phil. The, Canuck, so the, uh, the local Canadian. Yeah, yeah so I, hmm. was, I, I was on another uh, forum or uh, Facebook group and they saw the things that I was saying and they, they, they must've kind of picked me out of the group and said, you know, this, this guy's a little bit different, probably suffers from OCD like us. Uh, Maybe we had to talk to him. (laughs) And uh, yeah. So I got the private message and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll go and check it out. So then, you know, I, I got onto the uh, high momentum group and uh, met a lot of great people there. Um, Now coming from a whitetail background, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I I've never been one to sling a heavy, heavy arrow around because I've always gotten the job done with, uh, you sure. know, uh, t- tighter pins, flatter trajectories and whatnot, but we're talking whitetail. So, um, yeah, yeah. Un- well, there's a lot, you- there's a lot that happens in that group that isn't just heavy arrow stuff. There's a lot of, you know, science and, and just stuff in general that kind of goes across the board that, you know, just to improve, improve arrow quality improve improve flight quality improve tuning and all that fun stuff well and that's when when you first came in Corey, that was still like in kind of the at least i think you were in there at that point we're kind of still in the heyday of that group where we had a lot of like in detail theoretical discussions where everyone knew that it was theoretical and wasn't getting bent out of shape about it being realistic or not. It was just like, oh, well, what if what if you had these two arrows and this was different? Theoretically, mm-hmm. which one would be better? And you know, we'd just go diving down the rabbit hole. Like Yeah, and, I, and I'm I I've never been a brand loyalist and I, I like to keep an open mind. And when I got into that group, you know, I, I saw and I read a lot of things that 
I have never read before, but you know, I, I looked at them and I thought about them. I'm like, you know, there, there's probably something here. So I, I, I studied up on Ashby and the 12 factors of penetration and, and a lot of that stuff made a ton of sense. So I, I've definitely gained a lot of great info from it. And, uh, and, and the people in that group, I mean, are just priceless. Now you, you got different characters across the board and I've, I oh, became yeah. friends with, uh, Eric, Eric, <laughs> Eric, Eric Newman. Okay. Eric Newman and I, have talked for years and Eric's a, you know, a certain type of person. He's very, uh, he's a little thickheaded at times, but he has a great archery brain and, uh, he, oh, will yeah. have a de- he, he will have a debate with you. But the thing about Eric is, uh, he keeps it respectful and, and, and he's not necessarily hundred percent close, closed minded. I have, uh, I have discovered things, uh, and I have the benefit of, you know, I had the basement set up where I had hell, uh, three 18,000 lumen lights set up to where I could actually do the slow motion video down there. And Eric would mm-hmm. comment to me. He's like, Hey, let's try this arrow combination. And I want to see the reaction is this coming, coming out of, out of the bow. And I would do it for him. I would send the videos to him and, you know, on certain things, he would change his viewpoint, certain things it would uh, reinforce what he had thought. So, I mean, talking with guys like him and you, you too, I mean, it's, it's just been great, you know? Yeah, we've we've had a we've had a hell of a time, uh, uh, get, you know, getting this whole thing together and and making. Uh, uh, I mean, I've in the last couple of years, I've made you know probably some of the best friends I've I've ever had, and you know, it's really just been a a, a community that's really fostered, uh, uh, you know, this movement and and you know everything that we're about, which is education. Uh, and uh, for those who uh, are are uh, uh, who may not know who we're talking with, we're hanging out tonight with Corey Haas. Uh, is it, is it Haas? Is that how you say the last name? Yep. I guess I've never Haas. asked. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. Uh, um, Corey, uh, uh, has, uh, he's been running a website, uh, um, for a long time and he has recently brought to market an application, uh, for at least I know it's for iOS. Are you on Android yet? Yes, we are. Okay. Yep. So, uh, the application is called Bowshot Bible. Um, and it is incredible and it's been a labor of love for uh for Corey, and we're, oh, we're yeah. very happy we're very happy to see him uh finally get to market on it uh and and it's great we're going to talk about that tonight uh so you're you're in the chicago area right yeah i'm uh 43 um i live in actually currently in custer park illinois and that's about 45 to 50 minutes southwest of chicago Gotcha. Pretty much, pretty much, right where the suburbs meet the cornfields. We've got uh, we got some really good whitetail deer hunting around here. Other mm-hmm. than that, you know, it's uh, hit or miss with the other species, but 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 the deer yeah. hunting around here is pretty solid. Absolutely. Yeah, well, Illinois, Illinois has got a great uh, uh, a great deer population, great deer. Uh, um, I, th- I guess you could call them genetics, but they uh, they you can only do shotguns there, right? Shotguns, muzzle loaders. You can't do uh, um, can't do rifle. No, you cannot do rifle um, because of the population uh, concentrations. Um, mm. But yeah, you know what? No, it, it is a world class deer herd. But unfortunately, Illinois is uh, God is such a state that just makes you scratch your head. Um, the whitetail deer herd is one of the main draws for uh, hunters alike to uh, come to our state. But mm-hmm. what the uh, state did in two thousand nine is they. Uh, the politicians in Springfield came up with a task force group to eliminate the deer herd uh, by 50 percent. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't think it takes, you know, 
much time to figure out why, right? So you got insurance company lobbyists with fat pockets. They're going to these politicians. Yep. They're saying, hey, look, we're having too many car wrecks with these deer. Let's get the numbers down. So they fatten up the politicians' pockets, and then they pass these laws, and they are going around. Now, now they're not going around to central Illinois or southern Illinois. They're focusing up around the Chicago and the suburban area there where the vehicle accidents are happening. Right. And uh, the way that they are weighing their success is based off the number of car wrecks with deers. And um, I just lived in Shanahan, Illinois, and there's actually, there's a forest preserve right by there. And I would take my girls there. We'd take some pictures and take some walks and stuff. And I had never seen a deer. Well, the last time we were there, I saw a conservation officer walking out and I said, hey, I just saw a sign that they're going to be doing more culling here. I said, why are they calling deer? There are no deer to be seen. He's <laughs> like, he's like, that's out of my hands. He's like, they're, they're going to call 35 deer. They did an aerial survey. They counted 44. I'm like, what in the <laughs> world is going on? And uh, that, that, that is going on in so many different uh, counties and towns. One of, one of my best places where, where, where I deer hunted, it was, uh, it was, it was my grandma's house. So uh, her and her husband had five acres that butted up to a forest preserve. And about mm-hmm. two, two of those acres was actually uh, wooded. And in that forest preserve, there was a hell of a bloodline, man. There were some wide racks and every deer out of there had a split left brow tine. And I have killed mm-hmm. some 160 plus inch deer there. And uh, hell, hell, this one day I took off work to go hunt and my brother-in-law got there before me. So I let him hunt in my stand and I went down to the creek bottom while I was in the creek bottom. I grunted this buck towards me, but who was between the buck and me? It was my brother-in-law. <laughs> he, 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 he arrowed him. It was 177 and a quarter inch buck. Oh, it was oh. it, 15 pointer on the one side. I had a devil's pitchfork. It was such a beautiful deer. And to be honest with you, I was not mad a bit. I mean, that made his life. Mark Gotts. I mean, it made Mark's life. Yeah, but uh, there, there, there was a, there was a great uh, herd of deer in there, and then they go in there and they cull seventy-seven deer out. From that point on, we did not see a deer for years. You might see one here and there. Yeah. Um, about four years later, you started seeing more and more deer, but the genetics of the racks had changed. It went from yep. wide and with the split left brow tine to a very tall rack, and I was like, well. If you create a void, deer from surrounding areas are going to fill that void. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it, it, it's so controversial because when you talk about CWD and trying to control that, and then you have them going in there and calling all these deer and creating this void, you're influencing the migration of deer to that area. Now, oh, yeah. if, CW, if CWD is in that outside herd, now it's just spread. Right. So, and also when they call these deer, I mean, they're, they're doing it with piles of bait and that's a good way to spread it as well. Yeah. Uh, I, we've never, we haven't really talked about CWD much on here, but I went to a symposium uh, on CWD that was put on by the Missouri Department of Conservation. And man, it's if like, if it's all fake and they're pulling, you know, they're pulling a big stunt for money, they've got the wool pulled over my eyes because the science made sense to me. Uh, uh, but, and it's, it's something we, I, I think that we, we need to think about, we need to con- consider, uh, has that been something that has been a problem in Illinois as CWD? 
Yeah, yeah, and it's starting to spread a little bit more and more. I I, I haven't checked out the maps lately, um, but we actually mm-hmm. wrote an article on shootingtime.com about CWD and about mm-hmm. how the, the the prion can last forever. You know, if it, I mean, if a deer dies, that prion still oh, exists yeah. there, and yeah. it, it 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 spreads later. You know, so yep. I mean, it's a real yep. ser- well, serious it, thing. That's the sure. that's the tough part for me is as much as we can try and control certain things with baiting and whatever else, like that doesn't stop the natural movement of the prions. Like you have a coyote or a wolf that kills a deer. And now, you know, he goes somewhere else, excretes, you know, and now that gets, you know, picked over by some other animal and you just have stuff moving everywhere. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure if it does the cross species thing. I guess I would have to research that, but well, I, I don't think it does that for ungulates. Ungulates it does at least. It, yeah, I know. I, I don't I know believe it'll, that it affects them, but I, and maybe this is wrong. I could have sworn that I read a report that um, even if it doesn't affect a different animal, that it can still be carried and then uh, released. Yeah. And, and, and the scary thing is that they did a study on the rhesus monkey and they had uh, contracted it um, Mm. through eating uh, contaminated meat, I believe it was. So uh, they were saying that humans are immune to it but god who knows man hmm. yeah i've seen this movie it had morgan freeman and philip seymour hoffman it's just it's just a matter right. of time well hell i mean covid19 just got spread to two tigers, tigers in new york yeah yeah who knows no. I, I i think uh, all this jumping from species to species stuff is probably more prevalent than we understand but anyway we this i didn't mean for this to be a cwd podcast but hell maybe no, we right. need to have a we we need to have a conversation <laughs> about that so so did, have you did you grow up in in the chicago area and and you you've hunted there your whole life yeah so i i, I grew up in lockport illinois which is um yeah, it's the southwest suburbs uh pretty far from Chicago. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have a dad that would take my brother and I hunting all the time when we were kids. That's great. I I was raised a duck and goose hunter. My dad was actually a taxidermist, and, uh, my, Oh, that's neat. Oh yeah. We had every species of duck and goose from North and South America in our basement. So, I mean, we were hardcore. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. But we also hunted, you you name it uh dove rabbit squirrel um pheasant fox uh coyote i mean we 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 go out frog gigging we we go bow fishing i mean we we just do it all um and actually it wasn't until i was about 12 years old and we were on a public land pheasant hunt and my daddy's buddy paulie pez he he found an eastern aluminum arrow with a razorback broadhead on it and uh and that arrow made the way home with us, and us us kids rode in the back of the truck. Of course, there, there there was a cap on it, but back then, I mean, you just threw the kids in the back 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 of the truck, and you just drove home. Right. Um, well, during that ride home, man, I I just looked at that arrow and I stared at it, and I said, you know what, man, I have got to try this. So the next thing I did is I went out and I got myself a beer recurve bow, shot that for a couple of years, had a total blast. 
And then I upgraded. I went to a compound. I got a bare whitetail too. I mean, this is turning mm-hmm. back, turning back the clock here. Um, <laughs> shot that for a few years. When I was 15, I helped out uh, a shop in Joliet, Illinois called Archery Plus. And I, I would do nothing but fletch arrows all summer for him. And the owner sold me a Golden Eagle Sparrowhawk. So that was the first bow that I ever hunted with. And, uh, you know, the first year I went out when I was 15, I had one shot at a doe, sailed it right over her back, didn't kill one that year. But the very next year, I got my first bow kill, and I've been doing it ever since, man. And I, it, it has turned into my extreme passion. Yeah, well, that's Absolutely. great. When you and you've you've been able to uh, hunt across the U.S. as well. You just uh, didn't this past uh, fall. You went to uh, Colorado. Was it Colorado? I think, or um, maybe in an, an undisclosed state out west with the uh, no, with your I, brother brother in law or something like that. Yeah, I, I I went with my with my brother. We went out to Utah and uh, okay, we we went on a spike and cow hunt, and uh, and my brother killed uh, about a seven hundred plus pound cow. It was, it was pretty wild. Nice, Ab- absolutely. My goodness. But I did try the the Colorado hunt. I, I tried that twice, but uh, the area that we went out there, man, we, we saw more hunters than elk. Yeah, you know, so yeah. So that's pretty tough. That can be tough. Just Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I don't think Colorado is going to get any better in coming years, unfortunately, until you start getting out in the stick sticks, and it's going to be uh, some dense hunting out there because I think the Western movement is really starting to take grasp of all of us Midwesterners. Oh yeah. I mean, the thing about Colorado is, is it is accessible. I mean, mm-hmm. guys from the Midwest can drive there. I mean, guys from Iowa, Ohio, Illinois, I mean, that's an easy place to go and they, they've, they've got the highest, uh, uh, num- number of elk there. So, I mean, it, it makes sense on paper until you get out there. I, and if you, if you don't know a good unit to go to and you just try one, you might find out the hard way that you're going to see a lot of hunters, Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you, before we wade into the bow shop Bible, you, or I, I guess, uh, what's the origin of the bow shop Bible? Did it kind of come from shooting time or like what, what prompted you to make that happen? Well, w- this, this is a little bit of a story. I'm going to try to make it quick for you, but, uh, yeah, back, back- you, you can go as long as you want. So oh, gotcha, man. <laughs> <laughs> back in back in 2006, I, I shot competitively. Um, most every other summer, I was doing competitive 12 inch softball, but and, and shooting as much as I could. But for one summer, I said I'm going to shoot competitively and see see how how I do. And I and I did good. Um, and I bought a couple different bows. And I picked up a Bowtech Allegiance at 80 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, in all reality, uh, I could thank Bowtech for this app. Because that Bowtech Allegiance, <laughs> it was pretty much a, a, a lemon. I could not get Nero to fly out of there straight. Um, I had to move that rest off that riser so much to even get halfway decent Nero flight. But what that did is that that spurred me to research tuning and look into why it's doing that. And that's that's when the binary cam systems first came out. And you had very little options as far as uh, moving the power stroke and stuff. And... Uh, Along with the help from the guys in my local club, I, I belong to the Joliet Archery Club. Uh, there were some really great guys there, Rich Hooper and Wally Erickson. They took me under their wing and uh, taught me things. And along with the help of them and the research that I had already been doing, um, my knowledge base 
grew and grew and grew. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, you have you have guys that have been great. Uh, Rand, Randy Ulmer, George Riles, Eric Newman, Tim Gillingham. Uh, we have one of the best uh, archery coaches in the country nearby me here, Jeff Sanchez. I mean, these, these guys all uh, uh, helped me get the knowledge that I have right now. Um, but what, what I did is, uh, because I had the domain name of shootingtime.com for what was going to be a hunting show that never mm-hmm. happened. Um, I decided to utilize that to put archery tips on there. Um, what had happened is I would, I, I would go to the club or to a range at Gander Mountain or whatever to do a 10 minute tune job. And I would end up staying there for an hour fixing, uh, other people's equipment because some of the local pro shops just didn't get it right you know right right and, uh, it, it, it turned to, it, it turned into a time is money thing and how can i help these people without spending so much time so i put everything i knew onto shooting time well shooting time gained traction started getting pretty good traffic um and it was helping people out now you fast forward a couple of years uh and you have all these amazon affiliate websites pop up now these are guys that live in europe don't even bow hunt, but they know how to hire writers. They know how to go for that uh, link click yeah. to get the affiliate mm-hmm. sale. And you know what, what, what that did is that just hurt the traffic. So now I went from my old, my ultimate goal was to pay it forward and help people, but that was being crippled. Um, so I always thought, I'm like, man, you know what? I can make an app that would be the ultimate app, the ultimate compound bow archery resource. So I started, uh, I just started designing it the way I wanted it to lay out. And, uh, the rest has been, uh, history really. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been, I, it's been, like I said, it's been a labor of love for you. I know you've worked on it for at, at least, at least two years probably. And, and when, when people look at the app, I think they'll understand why. I mean, you've got hours of video well, a, on there. Ton of information in there. Yeah. Oh, it's it's along with it's big, all yeah. the video, and I mean, it's there's just so much there that it, it's it's difficult to grasp until you really start diving into it. Just how much time is involved with all that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, for for a sales uh, standpoint. I mean. I know the price is up there, but the price is up there for a reason. It's because of all the content and I would love to have a light version, but I mean, there's just so much in the app that, I mean, I even like stand back sometimes and look at it and and go through the app and I'm like, man, I can't believe that we did all this. Right. Oh yeah. Well, that's well, I mean, talk a little bit, I mean, talk a little bit about the, the kind of work that had to go into it. I mean, that had to take, I mean, you, you've got, tons of video you've got calculators you've got i mean you've got all sorts of crazy stuff in there i mean you had to go from video to production i mean uh, video to editing to like uh, there there's a million steps in there for for everything that had to be put into this application yeah so i mean just 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 like you touched on it took us over two years now you know being married and with kids you know we had to squeeze in as much time as we could Sure. Many late, yeah. many late nights and weekends and whatnot, but I mean, so many factors had to be there. I mean, the knowledge base had to all already be there, and then the strategy had to be in place. The equipment, God, the camera equipment. I got a small fortune in in investing the camera, the lighting, mm-hmm. the, yeah, that the, stuff's the computer. Not cheap. 
yeah and computers and you and, and you did it all well you did everything is so professionally done and from somebody who has failed and failed and failed at trying to make quality stuff like that i can i can attest to like that's that's a pretty penny to get into it but then it takes even longer to learn how to do it right I do appreciate that very much, Matt. Uh, and I'm telling you, those videos, my God, man, to try to get some of them in one take. I mean, if somebody <laughs> was watching me, they would say that this guy has issues. He he, he needs to talk to a shrink because I would literally, <laughs> I don't know how many times I ran back to the camera and, and hit stop recording, delete, yep. re-record. It's just like, man, it, it, it was just crazy. But you know, the the way I saw it is this is going to be one of my life's works and I wanted it to be as perfect as I could possibly do it. Hey, um, if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. And I wanted it more so to make sense to people. Yeah. I mean, we've all came across people on our jobs that might have a task that they want us to do and it's in their head and they rattle it off at a million miles a minute, but there's no way that you can comprehend it. Mm-hmm. I had to really think about who the audience is, who I'm going to be talking to. And, and, I, and I had to deliver it in a fashion that was uh, easy to understand. And thank God with the slow motion video and stuff, a, a lot of these things make even more sense. Mm-hmm. You know? well, and that's the yeah. tough part is, I guess, as someone that has dealt with education for quite a long time, I've tutored, I've done coaching i've done you know all these different pieces you you really figure out that everyone learns a little differently and so that's like the youtube guys are going pure visual you know the guys i guess like what you were previously doing on shooting time with the articles and like the white papers you know that hits somebody else but what you've got in the app really pulls from all sides because you've got the the text you know kind of step by step stuff and you've got a video showing it and so it it's really covering a lot of the bases and at least in my mind should be understandable by most anyone that you know at least has a a basic understanding of of the concepts right yeah 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 and the and the main thing is the text should be the uh the main point of focus and the video should actually be uh the cherry on top because when we're doing the videos you can't remember everything you might slip up a little bit but i worked pretty hard on the text and uh Worked hard on some some graphics as well. God, if you if you look at setting the second and third axis uh, <laughs> yeah. video, I have <laughs> yeah. animated gifs there to where I show you the way it actually moves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, between the text and then the benefit of having the video on top of it, my goal was to have that make it as clear as day to people. You know, and and if anything's not clear, let me tell you. I got bowshopbible.com and it's got a forum. You could go on there and talk. We have the, nice. uh, uh, we, we got the Facebook group. You could go on there and post questions within the app itself. You could go to the about us section and you could leave us direct feedback. And I, I check that almost daily. So if any issue comes up, man, we are going to be on it. 
Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. So, and, and you kind of you, you touched on this a bit. So, especially you know, in a weird time like right now, where uh, you know a lot of people may not feel comfortable going to shops because of what's happening, or because I, I don't think like. I mean, I, I'm I'm a perfect example of this. I don't think there's a shop in my area that's open. So I have a bow that's supposed to be showing up. I think uh, the post office lost it somewhere. Uh, but if it shows up and I need work done on it, I'm going to have to do the work myself. So I'm going to order a little, you know, portable bow press because I don't have a, a full-fledged, you know, area for one right now Mm -hmm. uh but but i'm gonna have to be the person that does a lot of the work on this on this bow that shows up is that uh, i feel like this is a great tool for somebody like me this isn't just for somebody who runs or you know or owns a shop or or is is uh i but i I think it is a great tool for that and i think it's a very good tool for bringing on new techs and and teaching them and stuff like that when you don't have hands-on time uh um but I think this makes a ton of sense for the guy like me that is wading into the DIY side of teching their own bows and, and tuning and stuff like that. This, this made sense to have an app like this before this COVID-19 thing. And it's going to make even more sense after it. And unfortunately we've seen an increase of shops that are just shut shutting down. I mean, I think, I think here in Illinois, we had at least, uh, three shops close, close their doors. And I mean, I mean, it's a sad thing, but yeah, the, very the old, sad. yeah, yeah I, I think Pete Shepley told me, he's like, you, you can make a small fortune. If you start an archery shop, if you start with a big fortune, mm. you know, that <laughs> is it's, very true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a seasonal racket and, uh, on, 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 unless you're putting something out there that is just really attractive to archers around your area. I mean, it's really tough, man. Um, so, and, and now we've all probably known guys that, um, depend on pro shops and they get their bow dialed in. I'm talking field point, right? So they get it dialed in, they shoot, they're pretty happy with groups. They throw their broadhead on, ah, you know, the flight might be a little bit off, but it's still good, good to kill a deer. At the end of the season, their pins are on. They put that bow in the case. They put it in a safe spot with the thought that when they open it up next season, it's going to be dead on again, you know. But yep. the thing but the thing about these guys is if something goes wrong with that bow, then they have to rely on the pro shop. And a lot of these pro mm-hmm. shops are shut down now. And even if the pro shops aren't shut down and they want to tinker on their bow, yourself i mean just because you know you force your broadhead to hit your field point or if you're happy with how you're grouping them how is your arrow flight i mean uh i mean what is the quality of the air, that that arrow flight and i i i've got a buddy who actually was with me when i killed my first deer i mean great guy but he is that guy he he has a bow right. that's about, probably 12 years old and i you know, i keep yeah. telling him i'm like Hey, original strings on them. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Just afraid fr- us all get out. You know, <laughs> I'm like, bring that bow over, man. Let's, let's, let's get it tuned in. No, man, it, it's all right. It's perfect. Well, and then I hear horror stories that his arrow bounced off a deer or, you know, he missed this one and missed that one. It's like, it, I mean, if people invest into themselves and they invest into their education with this tuning and it's not rocket science, you know, I mean, it really isn't. The way, the way I wanted to do it is I wanted to break it down to where it makes sense. And there is actually a bow tuning timeline. 
that I have in the tuning yes. section. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I just found it the other day and I think it's incredible. Very, very good. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that, that took a lot of time to like say, and, and, and don't get me wrong. It, some ex- of explain, th- explain. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to say some of the things in there is above and beyond what your typical bow hunter would need. I mean, it might be more for the competitive archer that's going to do a field archery course that has to hit a three inch group at 85 yards. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there are some things in there that's going to help that archer do that. Um, but overall, so, uh, tell, tell the listeners what the, uh, uh, what the timeline is, like what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to actually pull it up here while, while we're talking. Yeah, that's what there I was just go. going to do. Yep. Yeah. Let's see here. Okay. So I have the chronological order of setting up a bow for the ultimate accuracy and success. And let's see how many numbers I got on there. Uh, it's about 20, nine, I think 20 or 19. I think it's 19. Yeah. 19. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, like the main thing, max out your bows, draw weight. That's what you want to do before you get your bow to spec. Then you're going to get your bow to spec. Then we're going to look into timing and sinking your bow. Um, and that's all, that's <clears throat> super important. And then, uh, install accessories, set draw weight, set draw length, fine tune the stabilizers. Now the stabilizers, um, if you're a competitive archer, we also have that stabilizer wizard, um, something that I came up with and, uh, that's going to help guys save a lot of time when, uh, adjusting their, their rigs. Um, they find, they find their preferred setup. They put that into the calculator and it tells them their balance from grip. Um, and, that's their number. That's where the boat feels great to them and they can yeah. adjust their total weight and stuff. So, re- I mean, really what this bow tuning timeline is, is from the time you pull your bow out of the box, whether it's brand new or you're getting it used or whatever. And like, and it's essentially, I mean, it could be bare because you, you outline everything that you need to do in the order that you need to do it from, like I said, pulling it out of the box, uh, from it being, you know, brand new or all the way to going hunting with it or going and shooting a 3d course, like every single step is in here and, and you can, and you can go back and, and you can reference what you need to do in the application like oh i need to like it in or you know time and sync how do i do that you can see how to do that in the application so if you have a question if you're like okay like time and sync like i may or may not know how to do it if i do i just do it if i don't then it shows you how to do it in the application right and 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 in the uh, uh bow tuning timeline i i have the uh, sections in bold that are actually sections in in the app. So if you see it in bold, you know that there's a section that most likely has a high quality video and great text. And it's going to walk you through it. So yeah, you just go right, right down the line, you know, building arrows, knock index, clock your arrows, fletch your arrows, set the axis of your site. I mean, yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on, but it is all there. So that takes a lot of wonder out of people's heads. I mean, it, it's right there in the app, man. Just yeah. Gotta check uh, that out and do it. Yeah, it's good stuff. And that's under the tuning info section for those who who may have it and they hadn't seen it. Because I I've, I feel, I felt like I had poked around in just about everywhere in this application. And I hadn't seen that. And that's I feel like that's one of the 
the crown jewels. What uh, what else you have in here that you think is like a is a really big win for people that are that are looking to start teching their own stuff? Yeah, they're just they're, to, they're just sorry, to kind Rob. of jump in. No, you're fine. Um, because the kind of start of that was you're asking, you know, who it's kind of intended for, mm-hmm. and that's one thing since this has came out. I mean, I'm dealing with customers online and a lot of them are getting into their first quality setup. It's their first time trying to figure out, you know, how to improve their flight, how to get things correct where, I mean, a lot of these guys are people that have been told and accepted that fixed blades you have to sight into right and so they're they're taking their first steps to getting quality flight and having true consistency and before this app i was trying to do this all via email and text and phone calls and explain all these different processes and so regardless of whether you've got someone like me on the other side that's that's helping direct it or not this app helps so much because like it with me yes i can i can recommend to my customer that is having some kind of a tuning issue that i'm trying to assist them with so that the arrows i provided fly well but i can recommend them to grab this app and i have it so then i can walk through and go okay start here look at this look at this follow this and then let me know what you got and then we can kind of walk through from there to you know fine tune or or figure out what else might be needed but it is amazing how much this can help from just having some of those visuals and having some of the diagrams and it it makes things so much easier for someone like me that is trying to assist people with this like so even if you don't have someone that's assisting you like this is a phenomenal starting point to get your feet wet yeah, and that and that is great to hear, and I'm glad I'm glad that you said that. You know, um, when we're talking about um, this being for the just the typical bow hunter, um, just just like you're saying, guys that you've dealt with, uh, you could walk them through here, and you know, have them uh, uh, focus on the proper way to do things. But I want to mention one thing for a bow hunter, anybody who's going to go out there and hunt big game. I, I want them to check out the broadhead tuning section. It's at the bottom of the tuning info uh, section. And, uh, you know, that I, I have a technique that I think I coined the phrase. I, I may not have, but I hadn't heard it before I said it, but lipstick Own it. tuning. Own it. It's all you. I got it. It's mine, baby. <laughs> so the, the, the lipstick tuning, um, really, when, when, when I discovered that, I thought I struck gold. I'm like, you know what, man, this makes sense. And I don't know if you guys have gone over that section or have seen that, but um, with the lipstick tuning, you will ensure 
absolutely ensure that your broadhead flight is perfect. That center of your knock and that center of your broadhead are going to be directly in line. And it's seen through the paper with the aid of the lipstick. And mm-hmm. an eye-opening uh, occurrence that, that, that it happened was I... I went out into the field and I did the old fashioned way of uh, forcing the broadheads and the field points to have the same point of impact. And Mm -hmm. uh, I said, okay, I I just forced that to happen. I I should be good. Then I took it home and just, just for the hell of it, I'm like, I'm going to put this through paper just to see what the rip looks like. And Oh my God, man, it was pretty bad, (laughs) you know? Yep. And, and, and that confirmed. And now people will argue me and, and I understand that. And, you know, they may be right with certain bows and certain setups, but with some of the bows that I've had, every arrow that I've shot out of it, whether it be a bear shaft, whether it be a fletched with a field point, or whether it be a fletched with a broadhead, those are three completely different arrows, and you can get absolutely different flight out of every one of those arrows. So mm-hmm. to say that you should have the same point of impact with a broadhead, and, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, a field point and, and a bear shaft. I don't necessarily believe that to be a hundred percent true. Uh, you may get it with some bows and that's when we get into a deeper understanding of, uh, la- la- lateral knock travel and dynamic reaction to the arrow and mm-hmm. what that does. But, um, this, this lipstick tuning is going to help hunters, uh, exponentially this season uh, for getting better aeroflight, more consistent accuracy and better penetration big time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I, mean, I mean, that is flight is critical. Yeah. And, it's huge. and I mean, to your point, there's a lot more than just bow tuning that goes into ensuring that broadheads and field points and bear shafts all match. Mm-hmm. Because, like, depending on the arrow setup, that very well may not be the case. Um, and that's where, like, I know Eric and I have had some in-depth discussions on this with, you know, at what point FOC, uh, you know, really starts aiding fixed blade flight. And, you know, if we're looking at just flight, not anything else, you know, what's, what's that number and you can get in, you know, and this all goes outside of just the bow setup because you can be perfectly set up with the bow, but if your broadhead has more surface area than the veins and you've got a low front of center, the broadhead has more control. It's going to cause a different reaction. It's going to cause a different movement and dynamic reaction at launch. Mm -hmm. And that's going to cause variation. And so you can get those to fly, right? And that's where, you know, different methods of tuning come in where you can still get those to fly cleanly and you can still get them to, you know, work well. But that's where, you know, some of the stuff where you're saying that it doesn't always work, at least in my mind, that's where a lot of it comes from is, is the, the spine of the shaft, the amount of front of center, you know, the type of veins that are on the shaft, 
if everything's not jiving together, then you're going to see variants. Yeah, yeah, with those with with those variances, and I spoke with Eric la- last last night about the same thing. Um, if if he was getting some arrows that weren't playing well, then he was uh, he was trimming some veins and maybe messing with the FOC. I had asked him. I said, you know, I I, I wouldn't mind to see you take that arrow that's not playing well and put it through the paper, put, do a lipstick tune, and and see if you have that dead center on center rip. Um, so that's something that I think he might look into doing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the extreme FOC, um, that's something that I want to do some more experiments this summer with. And uh, I want to get some data back behind that. And uh, we're, we're going to look at a bunch of different things, uh, group size, uh, penetration, and you know, just overall arrow flight quality. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that for sure. Yeah. Something I really like about the app is it kind of addresses and I don't know if debunks is the right word, but it it gives you an uh, an accurate uh, tuning chart per se. Uh, that so so one of the big problems if you go online where anyone is having some type of issue with their uh, um, with getting an arrow, an arrow tuned, whether getting it to hit you know getting bare shaft and fletch to hit together or, or whatever you always see this graphic thrown up or a series of graphics that are from uh, uh back in the finger uh finger shooting days uh for compounds where it shows uh, uh you know weak and uh stiff shafts for left and right and stuff like that and and what i really like about yours is your chart for like what you need to do like if you have this tear this is what you should be doing if you have this tear this is what you should be doing and this is the reaction like the the and the adverse reaction is yours is accurate and praise jesus because the ones that are posted online constantly are not accurate and and i if if anyone's even halfway considering uh uh, the the application and they they haven't seen an accurate graph then uh this is this is the place for you so i'm really really glad that yours has that and you put all the time into explaining it and and into showing what all of that actually means right there there are there are a lot of videos on youtube that are to put it frankly they are just wrong um I saw some broadhead tuning ones where the guy just had had it backwards, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that that's one thing that I'm I'm pretty proud of is uh, you know everything that's on here is not only as accurate as I could write it and film it, but it's 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 backed up by the video and um, uh, one of my favorite things of the entire app is the understanding aeroflight video. And it's not a short one. It's a 20 minute video. Um, I don't know if you guys have caught that yet. It took me over three weeks to film. And I show, I show so many different, um, aspects of tuning and what it does to the dynamic reaction of the arrow. And you get to see it in slow motion, man. I, um, I do the, uh, forward reverse uh what the heck was that football guy's name john uh you know where john elway <laughs> no 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 the guy that would do the turkey for thanksgiving he retired he used to oh not so pet john madden yeah. oh john madden yeah you, you know john madden would do it man he'd be watch this here and then he'd do forward back forward back yeah, so i yeah. so 
I'm, I'm doing this with the slow-mo and I'm showing you exactly what's happening uh, when you shim the cams, when you move the rest, when you um, lengthen the arrow shaft, when you have the same arrow shaft, but you change the tip weights, um, when you have a broadhead on. Um, I debunked um, the uh, practice that people were doing for years to where they would line up their veins with their broadheads thinking that they're drafting off of them and it's going to be the best flight. Not the case, man. Watch, watch that in that video. And you'll be like, huh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, that's one thing that whoever gets the app, watch that video and it should open some eyes. Yeah. Well, I, I like, uh, uh, man, your, your, your tuning section is just full of just so much good stuff. The, the bow tuning timeline, what you just said, the understanding arrow flight, uh, the, and kind of what I was talking about with yoke tuning and cam shimming, like that gives you a real, you know, it gives you an idea of what, or not an idea. It tells you what you need to do. Cause even between myself, Rob and Garrett and our little chat, we have like every once in a while, we'll pop in there and say something to just to confirm. It's like, Oh, if I have this tear, I need to do this to the oak, right? And it's like, well, I guess I could just look at the application that the hazard right here. <laughs> but uh, but it's uh, it's man, you've just got so much stuff in here. And torque tuning, torque tuning is something I've never done before. But after after watching your video on it, and then uh, watching the uh, or watching your video and, and reading your uh, your process on it, I definitely want to mess around with this because this looks uh, this looks interesting. Yeah, the, the uh, torque tuning is going to clo- close your uh, groups uh, quite a bit. Your 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 left and right misses are going to tighten up. Um, I was actually at the Midwest Classic shooting in Peoria, Illinois, and uh, and I shot okay. Um, shot better on the second day, but my up and downs were good, but my left and right were off. And I I said to myself, I said, I torque tuned this bow. Why is it doing this? Well, I learned a valuable lesson there. I had uh, torque tuned a different spine shaft, and mm. uh, that's what happened. I went to a, a different arrow because, you know, you got to be a certain di- diameter shaft for that particular shoot, and uh, I didn't torque tune it for that particular shaft, and that's mm. why I had the problem. I investigated that after the shoot, and uh, um, I found out that, yes, I needed to torque tune that arrow. Anytime you change your arrows, re-torque tune it. Um, so that was a hard lesson learned, but one to pass on to people to save time, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And that's in your, that's in the timeline, right? Is torque tuning is one of them that's in there, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. It should be. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. So, but I think you touched on something that was, that's really important there is, and I think you may have yeah, uh, undersold its importance, uh, you know, this, when, when you talk about a lot of this, I know a lot of bow hunters, you know, eyes just glaze over and they're like, I've never torque tuned in my life. Why would I need to? Well, I don't think this is applicable just to target archers. Now target archers try and be hyper accurate. And I get that. And I understand that, but man, like every single bit of you not having 100% perfect arrow flight takes away from your ability to penetrate. And man, I can't like, I just can't imagine having stuff like this at my fingertips and not being able to, and not, and choosing to not utilize it before I go into the woods. Oh yeah. I mean, and, 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 and torque tuning in the Midwest here, it gets cold, right? 
So mm-hmm. we're, we're wearing a winter coat. We may have a glove on the bow hand. Um, your torque is going to change. And uh, if that bow is torque tuned, you're going to be a little bit more forgiving and you should be able to keep it there on the X a little, a little bit more if it wasn't torque tuned. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I kind of felt bad sometimes because I, you know, I shoot with a tight knit crew from the uh, Joliet club and uh, there's some damn good shots there, man. And uh, I, I know these techniques and these, and these shooters who are beating me um, not by much, but, but they're very competitive they mm-hmm. weren't doing doing these things, and I'm like, man, do I do I tell them about this? Do I give them the edge <laughs> up on me? But yeah, I'm, I'm like, hey, you you got to check this out. As as a matter of fact, the people who I shoot against, um, I gave them all copies. I said, hey, you got to check this out. You know, I mean, the way I yeah. see it is, if if you're going to be a competitive archer, you want to beat the best while they're at their best. So, but yeah, there are some yeah, exactly. awesome tools in there to get the accuracy in, man. I'm I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, and speaking of accurate, uh, you are going to be making an update soon. Um, I, I won't, I won't put a timeline on that because as somebody that works in it and works in software development, I know the timelines go out the window very quickly. Uh, soon, um, but, but, but have a very wide range of meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially right now. Uh, um, but in an update that's coming up, you're going to incorporate, uh, Rob's calculator, uh, into the, uh, um, the speed, uh, calculator for your application, right? Absolutely. And this has been a long time coming and I wanted to do it sooner, but with the whole process of getting this app out there, um, I figured that, I wanted to get it out there actually around Christmas and I, and we just didn't have the time to do it, but uh, now is the time. So for the next update, Rob's calculator will be in there. Absolutely. And um, under the bow specs uh, section, which of course is going to be priceless for any pro shop, mm-hmm. we are going to, we are going to start to include string length, cable one length, cable two length and yoke length. Nice. Um, nice. And, it's it, it's it's not going to be a guarantee that we're going to have every bow in the database updated with all these uh, specs. It's going to be a lot of computer work for me, research and getting these numbers and getting them up in there. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm going to focus on the last five years and I'm going to try to get as much up there as I can. I think that's going to help a lot of people out. Um, that'll be that'll be huge. Yeah. So you got that. Um, I had some feedback that guys wanted to see tutorials on using the, uh, bits and burger fletching jig. And oh, nice. I, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. And I finally talked them into playing ball with me and they sent one out to me because as, as you can imagine on top of the thousands of dollars worth of cameras and lighting and you know, it, it it's hard to afford all the equipment and no uh, kidding. Oh, yeah. You're telling me, um, yeah especially if you got kids and a mortgage, that's more than what, what it should be. Um, yep. So yeah, so, so I now have that. Uh, so that will be the fourth fletching jig in there. And uh, there, there's one other archery knot um, that I'm going to put in there. Um, that's going to be for tying in a peep. It's the way that I don't really recommend to do it, but a lot of people like it. That's where you spiral it, it around each leg, go around the peep and then yeah. you spiral around. See, I'm going to put that in there because people like it. Um, when things stretch or you change draw length or your D loop, um, that often changes and that's a little tedious to undo all that, but mm-hmm. I'm going to include that as well. And then, uh, there are still things like line tuning and a few other tuning processes that will be added. 
in the in the future. Right. Um, so yeah, it's 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 just going to keep getting better, and I'm really relying on feedback. And please give feedback. Yeah, please. absolutely. Well, and that, that's why I was, I was literally just about to kind of plug that and how as somebody, like I said, who works in software and who works in IT, a lot of these applications, like when you give feedback, there's so much corporate red tape and BS that has to go through before it can actually be applied to the app. But like you mentioned, you're the one that checks the emails. You're the one that reads them every day. Uh, and, you know, it's going straight to the top per se. And, you know, so if you have good feedback that can be put here, then, uh, I mean, it, it can be incorporated in a next update. And I'll, I'll never sell short how, you know, sometimes getting updates out, it, it, it can be difficult and it's a lot of work to be able to do it correctly. Uh, but man, if, uh, if somebody even feels like they, they have two cents to give, then it, I, I'm assuming you certainly want that feedback as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, developer, Matt Rundy, turned me on to Trello. I don't know if you're aware of that software program, mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. it, it is an efficiency management uh, software and that feedback gets to me. I notify him on Trello. We have a to-do list. We prioritize it and that, and, and this stuff gets done. So yeah, um, if, if you have anything, any comments on, on the app, it is going sh- straight to me. And, uh, I am a guy to where if I get something, I want to act on it. And if I'm not going to get it done completely, I'm going to make notes of it and I'm going to yep. schedule to get to, to, to get done. Right. Right. So how much, uh, I, I don't know if you mentioned it. I don't, I don't think you have, but how much is the application? um, and that's on Apple and Google. Um, And currently it's a one-time fee. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, I've talked to other people in the industry and they're like, no, no, man, you got to go to subscription. Got to go to, you you can't get paid once and that's it. You got to have them customers on on the line for more and more money. I understand that philosophy and it actually does make sense with this app because it's going to be updated, especially it the pays for the da- updates database. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So um, this being my developer and I's first app that we've done by ourselves, we're going to have to look into that. Um, but I, I have said it and I try to be a man of my word that uh, whoever's in now is going to be grandfathered in. So yeah, you, you, you buy it now. If we buy do it now go and to a subscription, yeah, you go to a subscription later, you're grandfathered in. Um, and and the subscription amount's not going to be the full price. Um, right, just, right. Just like Rob said, it's going to cover the time and effort spent, especially if I'm doing the stringing c- cable links. My God, man, that's going to be a lot of nights. Doing oh, that. yeah. Well, man, if you're a shop, like you can't, I mean, time is money, right? Like, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you you can't, that 30 bucks will pay for itself, you know, instantly. But, man, I think you've got $30 worth of, uh, uh, at least my money in the in the first damn section of this thing. And then you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more sections. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, I, I think and, people, I know, I know some people might balk at that 30 bucks, but man, it is, it is well worth $30 in my opinion. Yeah. Consider the, uh, how much people are paying for tuning every oh, single year. That's 30 minutes of tuning. And, like, and look at yeah. it as, Hey, if I follow this and I learn how to do this, now I don't have to pay every year to get a bunch of this stuff done. Yep. But not from like not just the, the oh go ahead. 
uh, I was going to say not not just that, but I mean, it's an investment in your own success. So if you want exactly. a podium, if you want to get on the podium, this is going to help you get there. If if you're going to spend four thousand to seven thousand dollars on a, a Western elk hunt, um, and because your setup's not what it should be, and you miss that trophy bowl, man, or you or you weren't tuned, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that thirty bucks could have made a big difference, you know. And oh, a huge I mean, difference. If you look at comparisons, right? I mean, uh, Carbon Express Nano Pro RZ. That's a field archery arrow. That arrow alone is more than thirty bucks. And the way that we spend money on this and that, and really don't even think about it, you know. But when you mm-hmm. see it in when you see it in the app store, I'm the same way. I've I've never bought an app that 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 darn 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 expensive you know i mean it looks expensive it's it's intimidating but what it actually is is it's it's an online course and it's it's, yes. it's just gonna it's gonna make things a ton better yeah, yeah absolutely well i know online courses have become very popular with uh, a lot of uh, a lot of archery people um and i don't i don't know one that you can buy for 30 bucks uh and you have just as much, if not more, video and a hell of a lot more written stuff uh, with graphics and everything else than anyone else at that price point, uh, and and probably more more than anyone at the you know hundred and two hundred dollar price point. I would venture to guess. Uh, so I I think your your application is worth every penny, uh, and especially I mean you know Bruce uh, Bruce Ritter said this a long time ago with and it, it just kind of struck a chord with me and it stuck with me that you know if you uh, if you were able to you know if you're in a situation you've got that big six by six bull and you make a shot and then you know you you either miss because you weren't prepared uh or, or you or you had poor flight and it doesn't penetrate because you weren't tuned would you pull 30 bucks out of your pocket at that moment to have perfect arrow flight out of that and everyone will say yes obviously and this is this is that 30 bucks you can ensure that you will have the best arrow flight possible that you will be as tuned as possible and you will be prepared uh, if you can, you know, take a little bit of money and invest in something like this. And I just want to ma- be very clear. We don't make any money off of like Corey isn't slipping us money for every, uh, uh, every download that happens, you know, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but this is something that I, you know, I know Corey's put a lot of time into and, and I think Rob and myself and Garrett have all played with it enough. And we, we believe in this application it's, it's a, a very, very quality app. Well, and yep. it's something that the, you know, myself, Matt, Garrett, that I know we deal with on a daily basis is answering yes. these questions. Yeah, There is a definite need in the industry for this information and having it all in one spot just makes things so easy because we work, we have jobs like I've got people messaging me throughout the day and I'm like, Hey, I'll try and answer your questions, but I'm at work. And instead of, you know, having, you know, it's definitely good to have someone to go to and bounce ideas off of hundred percent. But if it's your day off and you're trying to tune your bow and your go-to person is at work, it makes things challenging. Or having like- this in your pocket, solves that yep 
Yeah, when I was in Utah on, on that elk hunt, uh, the guide actually came to me because he knew what I was capable of. He, he said, hey, there, there's these guys from California. They're having problems with their bow. One of the guys is D-loop ripped, and the other one, his uh, downward cable on his drop away broke. So I said, yeah, just have him, have him bring it to me. You know, I had a little tackle box there. I had some things. And uh, I mean, with lessons that are absolutely right there in the app, I, I got those guys back up and running and, and their bows were actually shooting better, according to them, after I had messed with it uh, prior to when it had broke. So like had had, had those guys ha- had the app and, you know, experimented a little bit, they may very well have been able to solve that problem themselves because if I wasn't there, their hunt is shot. They they are going back to California. The uh, if they spent a couple thousand dollars to get out there and elk hunt, it's it's gone now. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So what uh what would you tell if somebody's you know teetering on the edge? And I know I I just kind of went on a rant there on why people should should buy into it. But if somebody's kind of on the edge of buying it, uh, what what do you think they should be considering when they're weighing the cost of this? Well, it's the amount of years that get shaved off of the learning process. That's um, that's a good answer. That's it, a really it, good it answer. Just, it, it expedites it. I mean, it, it delivers an education that would absolutely take years to learn. And uh, I asked uh, Eric Newman about it, and he's like, he's like, Corey, all the information is in one spot. He's like, I had to re- reference the knot time because I was tying something in, and you, you got a couple of different ways to tie it in a peep. He's like... I checked that out, but the knot tying, the installing of components, tuning, arrow building, um, just, I mean, it's all there. It's a time saver. Time is money. And like, like we're talking about comparables of uh, what, what do you spend 30 bucks on and what is the return of your investment by having an app like this? If it means yep. that you're going to have a successful hunt, Hey buddy, it's worth it. I mean, yep. if yep. you're going to pay a butcher, 120 bucks to uh, butcher a white-tailed deer. Hey, 30 bucks isn't that big com- compared to that. But without that 30 bucks, you may not have got gotten that 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 deer. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm I'm all about it. I think it's uh, I think it's incredible. I think you've done a hell of a job. Like I said, I know it's been a, a long time coming, and uh, glad we finally were able to get you on here. I know we we kind of danced yeah. this dance for a, a month or two trying to trying to make schedules match up, and I'm glad we finally got it done. Uh, Rob, any, any anything else? Anything else you want to touch on before we kill no, this thing? I think we covered it. Um, cool. That's I already kind of gave my spiel on why I like it. That's, uh, I've been using it since, uh, since it launched and yep. been right chatting with Corey about it on and off before, even before that. So that's, I'm, I'm on board with it. It's I'm in the camp that everyone should at least have a, a, a functional knowledge of their bow, because if you're by yourself or even with other people that may not know what they're doing and you know something breaks like what Corey mentioned your d-loop breaks or your rest cable breaks or you know whatever you know something comes loose and now you've got to reset up in camp having the knowledge and and being able to to figure it out and and teach yourself 
in a comfortable environment means that you're going to have a better chance if something like that happens, you know, out in the field. And that that's huge. So be prepared, yep. know what you're doing, and at least know how to fix uh, if something happens with your bow. Yeah, and it's like it's like I said in the uh, trailer uh, for for the app. If you tune a man's bow for him, he may be good for a season. If you teach him how to tune, he's going to be good for a lifetime. Yep, you know that's what it comes down to. Yep, I think that's the that's the takeaway quote right there. I think uh, I think that's man. That has a lot of it's a lot of truth that rings in that. It's, oh uh, yeah, that's anything. Uh, yeah, lifetime. yeah. Know how to do well, it. Be, be self-reliant. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Corey, I, I appreciate you sitting down with us and doing this. And uh, uh, we'll we'll talk soon again, I'm sure. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm pumped to continue to use this. And uh, I think I'm going to be a, a great guinea pig for, for, for it from front to back here pretty soon if my, if my bow ever shows up. So uh, uh, thanks again. Uh, thanks for putting out a, a great app and thanks for hanging out with us. No problem guys. And thank you very much for ha- having me on my very first podcast, man. It's been a great yeah. experience. Hey, so, you did great. Hey, you did great, man. Oh uh, man. The heart was racing like, like a lab rat, but it, but it calmed down, man. It calmed God, down. So you, you did right, fine. Right. You did fine. Uh, well, thank Thanks again. Thanks for everyone for okay, listening. Good. Uh, and, uh, if you're still here, appreciate you, uh, hanging out and until next week, uh, disrupt the status quo and don't forget the olive oil. Mm-hmm.